the nine o'clock service is canceled until further notice, as is the GO bus. Thank you for using the sanitizer um, liberally and generously every time you enter and leave the sanctuary. I can see we're not sitting close to each other and we're not shaking hands. And please follow the service on the, on the screen uh, because we will not be printing bulletins. We are especially thankful to Catherine Cassidy and her family today and always for everything that you do up there. When we share the peace of Christ, please stand, put your hands together, and speak to those close to you, but don't leave your seats. Offering plates will not be passed. There should be one at each door. There will be um, a space in this service if you forgot to do that as you entered. There will be no refreshments after this service today. Our pastoral care ministers and other visitors may not be able to see everyone. Um, so please remember to be in contact with anybody who you think needs to be checked on. The following events are also canceled until further notice. Church school, nursery, and youth group, the Women's Interest Network, the Retired Men's Club, the Lunch and Learn plan for March the 22nd is canceled. Session will be meeting this afternoon after the service today to discuss further plans. I sympathize with Mike Wise when he has to stand there and make bad news all the time. But some, one of the bad news pieces this week is that Lisa Kennedy will be leaving Glenview soon. Her last day will be March the 24th, and she will be moving on to another position. She leaves with regret, but has good reason to make this transition. We'll miss Lisa. We, miss, we wish her well in her new job and we thank Lisa for all her work and positive energy. We hope to have a seamless transition to temporary staffing in the office and will fill the position as soon as possible. One way to thank her for her service would be to support her in her ride to conquer, con let me get, try that again, her ride to conquer cancer. Information about how to do that is on our website. Out of the cold will run today, because we have no way of letting people know that we will be closed. Um, we will let them know today that the next two um, dinners will be canceled. If you can help this afternoon, please speak to David McIntyre after the service. The Easter flower program has been canceled for this year. Donations already received will go towards the East Garden and a memorial will be created in that garden and dedicated later in the spring. Donations are still welcome, and you can use the form from last week if you still have one, or put it in an envelope marked Easter flowers with as much information on it as possible, and put it in one of the collection plates. Um, at this point, there are five tickets left for the Shaw Festival um, outing in September the 12th, so hopefully that's far enough out that that will be still going on. And it is with sadness that we announce the death of Lori Elliott's mother, Phyllis Benner. And now let us worship God.
Please join with me in our call to worship. Come, let us worship God. Let's make a joyful noise to our God. Come into God's presence with thanksgiving. Let's make a joyful noise to our God. And make a joyful noise to God with songs of praise. Let's make a joyful noise to our God. Please be seated. Thank you for observing the alterations and accommodations and things that we have had to deal with in order to gather this morning. I can tell you is that uh, Friday was uh, a very hectic day everywhere. There were government announcements, there were local announcements, there were announcements of cancellations, there was new information coming through and as the day went by, um, it just mounted, mounted, mounted up. And it's, uh, it's been a hectic time. We remember especially those of our congregation who work in the front line in health care and those who are not able to be here today because 
they have to work and they can't work from home. We remember all of the people who are also at home today because of their own health concerns and those who are frightened. And so this day we, we do our best to be able to gather as God's people and to worship. Late on Friday afternoon, as a consequence of the closure of Knox College, um, I received a notice that Byron Kappas's uh, theological field education was finished as of Friday afternoon. So that uh, has required us to make some adaptations. Um, we will still, I will still have supervision time with him uh, by Skype or FaceTime, and others will be filling out their evaluation forms and will be submitting them but as of, uh, as of today, and the college was very adamant that uh, students should not attend uh, services at their placements for the next three Sundays. And this came, uh, this came late Friday afternoon, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. So for this morning's service, uh, I've enlisted Janet to be Byron, but Janet is, is Janet in her own right, but uh, had to make uh, some changes in plans for worship and having someone close by who is able to step in at the last moment is a, is a great gift. Let's come to God in our prayer of approach and confession. Christ of the comfortable, you would call us from our security and sameness down the unknown path that leads to God's heart. With trust, we would place our hands in yours and follow. Companion of our sleepless nights, you would beckon us out of the shadows of our fears, calling us to bring our doubts and questioning hearts along. With humility, we would listen to those answers we don't expect or understand. Word who creates out of nothingness, you would fill us with life. Where we see only emptiness, you would keep your promises. When all of ours lie littered on the ground, we would let your grace transform us into faithful disciples. Keeper of every moment, walk with us, we pray. Watcher in the night, stay with us, we pray. Spirit of new life, be in us, we pray.
God does not disappoint us. God forgives our sins, makes us whole, and sends us out to serve. In Jesus Christ, living water flows through our hearts in such abundance that we don't have enough buckets to hold it all. Thanks be to God. Amen. Peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us rise in our places and greet one another with words and signs of peace. Peace of Christ be with you. Peace.
Please join in the prayer for understanding. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Spirit, that we may hear your living word as the scriptures are read and interpreted. Amen. Our first reading this morning is taken from Psalm 95, and I would ask that you follow along on the screens. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to the Lord with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great sovereign above all gods, in whose hands are the depths of the earth and also the heights of the mountains. The sea belongs to God who made it and the dry land which God's hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. O oh, that you would listen to the voice of the Lord today. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness when your ancestors tested me and put me to proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger I swore, they shall not enter my rest. Our gospel today uh, and assigned for the next three Sundays, <laughs> two Sundays actually, uh, are long stories from the gospel of John. So the plan is to break them up to, so that we hear a different set of voices. And today's reading is John chapter 4, verses 4 to 42. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. 
But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband. You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, believe me, the, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came, and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
A couple of things uh, to add to earlier comments that if it is necessary for us to suspend our services for a while, our main method of communication because we can reach most people is by email and through the Facebook page and website. And so it's very important that if you receive a message, an update, anything from Glenview, and someone pops into your mind, someone you know who isn't online, give them a phone call. Give them, a, give them an update. Make sure that you pass the word along, please. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. John says Jesus has to go through Samaria. He's on his way back home from Galilee, and he doesn't have to go through Samaria to get there. There's a shorter, straighter, safer route. But one thing about John is he's not as concerned with times and places as Matthew, Mark, or Luke. He's more concerned with the meaning of Jesus' words and works and ways than he is with chronology or geography. John recounts Jesus' longest, most complicated sermons and the stories he tells about Jesus are more detailed than the others and longer. When John mentions time or place, he wants us to take notice, to think, to question, and to imagine. Last Sunday, we heard that Nicodemus came to see Jesus at night. And today, we hear about Jesus somehow compelled to go to Samaria with all Samaria means to Jesus and his fellow Israelites. He stops in a place near Sikar at a well that holds the histories of both Jews and Samaritans. He stops at high noon 
And his friends are off to town to buy food. This is how John draws us into the story. Jesus is alone. The woman comes to the well alone. Now, this couldn't have happened. But things that cannot, should not, must not happen seem to happen wherever Jesus goes. A woman alone meets a stranger, a man who's alone in the middle of the day, when anyone else who might be there is somewhere else, safe and shady till the sun starts to move into the west. So what will happen? And why does Jesus have to be there? So why is this woman out to draw water at noon all on her own? John wants us to imagine, to speculate, she has a reason not to go to the well with other women in the cool of the morning. Jesus speaks, tells her what to do for him, and that's as much as any man of his time might say to a woman. She answers with a question, which is more than any woman of her time would dare to do in the presence of a man she doesn't know or or doesn't belong to. At every stage of the story, she converses with Jesus as an equal. It seems he sees her that way. Sure, he calls her woman, which in his time is uh, an expression of of impatience and maybe a put-down, but we know he, he has also called his mother that, so maybe this is force of habit. Here's what I mean. Jesus treats her as an equal, even though he's a Jew, and she's a Samaritan. And that division and mutual hatred go back to King David's time. She's a woman not related to him in any way. Doesn't matter. She's a woman who has been widowed or divorced four times in a time when people assume bad luck is the victim's fault. She's a woman in times when a woman just couldn't be on her own, And so, for her own safety, she is living with a man, living in sin. And Jesus knows about all of this somehow and doesn't care. He accepts her question, and he looks beyond the sad history of Samaritans and Jews that began with a fight over a hill in Jerusalem and a slightly higher hill in Shiloh, a fight over worship and places of worship. Isn't that always what religious people fight over? Jesus speaks to her of of what will surely come and in fact is already dawning in the age of Messiah, a time when there will be no need of temples. And, and, And John must love this. History, time, and location won't matter anymore. And all of this, Jesus reveals to her, not to his male Jewish disciples. And when she gets it and makes the connection between what Jesus just predicted and the Messiah that both Jews and Samaritans long for, he tells her who he is. Before this, Jesus has never said directly, simply, I am, it's me, He's dropped hints, he's talked in riddles. But this woman from Sychar in Samaria, all alone at the well, Jesus tells her the whole truth. 
And then while the men are on their way back to the well with their groceries, she runs back into town to tell what she has seen and heard. And people listen. They come out to hear and see for themselves. Go and tell. That's what the women at the empty tomb are told to do. Go and tell. That's what Jesus tells all the believers who gather to witness his ascension. Go and tell. That's what the apostles do after the church is born in Jerusalem. John wants us to notice that before any of that happens, the first apostle was. We don't know her name. The first apostle. Let's give her a name. How about living water woman? When Jesus tells the men about the work he must do, she's in town doing the work he has set in motion. When he talks about the harvest, she's back in town bringing in the sheaves. The way Jesus sees it, the messianic age to come is now because he's here. All of God's promises are fulfilled in him. And this wonderful episode ends with people confessing trust in Jesus, and what they say is exactly what John tells us is supposed to happen. That's how he ends his book. We hear and see in another person who believes, or in reading John's gospel, even in a sermon, we hear and see in sources we trust, that, and that's the first step. And the second happens because of the first. We receive the gift of faith, which is really our own encounter and connection with Jesus. Of course, we need to be renewed in that every week. That's why we come to worship when we can. We need to be renewed in it every day. But don't worry, as Jesus says, the well will never run dry. And we can keep on coming back to that well, and the well is wherever we are. At last week's Bible study, we heard these words from the video that we use to start discussion. Words about God's commitment to using weak people who are deeply flawed to accomplish more than they could ever imagine. God seeks and finds weak people, not superheroes, people who are deeply flawed, not plaster saints, to accomplish more than they could ever imagine. Is that, do you think that's why Jesus has to go through Samaria? That there's a potential apostle there waiting to meet him? In these stories, and if we are together next week, we'll hear another, John gives us glimpses, flashes of light to keep us reading all the way to the light of resurrection. One more thing. Jesus says seeds are already planted. Plants are already full grown, and the harvest is ready to be brought in. Then why are we so afraid? to go and tell, to share the good news, to invite people to come to Glenview with us. Well, what if they turn us down? 
they're not really turning us down, are they? What if they say no? Well, at least we know how they feel, and maybe we'll try again. What if a neighbor, a friend, someone in the family turns against us because we've gone all religious on them? Well, that reaction says more about where they are in their hearts and minds than about us. And maybe we will have planted seeds of curiosity, of clarity, of faith. God is already at work in living water woman's heart before Jesus makes his detour into Samaria. And if we're not afraid to go and tell, we'll discover that, yeah, sometimes we are just planting seeds. But sometimes we will find that God is already at work in the hearts of people, people who are ready for good news and for an invitation. Amen. Glory to God.
During the choral offertory, if you forgot to place your offering in one of the offering plates, you can, you can go and do so. And now let us offer ourselves afresh to God in this time of offering.
I invite the members of the offering team to take the, the plates and their own bottle of Purell out to count. <clears throat> we begin our prayers in the Lenten season uh, with uh, a song from Teze. This one this morning I think is new to us. It's new to me and so we'll listen to it played through and hear the choir sing it and then we will sing it a couple of times ourselves. prayers of the people today connect us with Christians around the country and around the world. I'm going to begin and read reflectively a prayer that has been offered by the Corrymeela community in Northern Ireland. It's a community of reconciliation and peace. And then a prayer that leads us through the psalm readings for Lent that was written by our moderator Amanda Curry. Some of us met her last week. Let us pray. God of the good news that spreads faster than fear. God of the courage that comes from the heart. Be with us as anxieties rise and with us as uncertainty grows. Be with us when children ask difficult questions and with us when parents seem farther away. Remind us that to be a community does not always mean to be physically present beside those we know well. It can also mean being spiritually present with those who feel very alone. 
and that you as our God, the God made flesh, are also the God who calls us from the tumult and tells us to be still and to know that you are God with us. Loving God, we thank you for your presence with your children through, through the anxiety of the COVID-19 pandemic. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thank you for wise leadership and health authorities that guide us in making good decisions for our communities. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. Thank you for doctors, nurses, medical researchers and technicians and administrators and all those who are working to care for the sick and develop treatments for this illness. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thank you for cleaning staff and caregivers and volunteers, and all who are working to keep our environments clean and safe. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Thank you for pastors, elders, neighbors, and friends who are working to care for those who are vulnerable, alone, or afraid. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. Thank you for the peace and comfort that come from knowing that we are not alone. God grant us patience as we wait. Grant us courage as we serve you and care for one another. Grant us hope as we trust in you for the future. O oh, people, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Right after the service, I would invite the members of session who are here and the members of the finance and property team and also others who have been invited to gather, to gather, not sitting too close to one another in the front pews. We have some further decisions to make. Now go in peace to serve the Lord with gladness, to be unafraid and to reach out to those who are afraid. And may grace, mercy, and peace from God who makes us, Christ who mends us, and the Spirit who molds us be with you all this day and all days.